Welcome to the Crop Insurance Podcast, the podcast where we dive deep into the world of crop insurance. I'm your host, Mike Rydell, third generation crop insurance agent, and I'm thrilled to have you join me on this educational journey. At our family owned and operated business, we've been providing crop insurance expertise for generations. Our goal here is simple, to educate our listeners. Crop insurance can be complex and overwhelming, but I believe that understanding it is crucial for every farmer. So whether you're a seasoned farmer looking to stay updated or a newcomer seeking guidance, this podcast is for you. Let's take a moment to thank some of our sponsors of the Crop Insurance Podcast. Our title sponsor, the McMeal Insurance Agency, are probably your greatest insurance agents ever. They specialize in federal crop insurance and have since 1979. To visit their website, go to www.mcmealinsurance.com greatestagencyever.com. The McMeal Insurance Agency is a proud partner with the Crop West Insurance Group. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about grapevine coverage. Now, this is a new federal crop insurance program that's only available for specific types of grafted grapevines in select counties in only a few states across the United States. It's important to know that sales closing or the deadline to sign up for this program is November 1st. That's the time you would sign up in the initial year. And like all crop insurance policies, it's continuous until canceled. So that's the same date the following year that you would need to make changes, cancel, etc. The acreage reporting deadline for this program is also November 1st, and at that same time, you need to have your pre-acceptance worksheet done, uh, something that grape producers are well aware of and have been doing for years under the normal grape crop insurance program. As far as the difference between grapevine coverage and grape coverage, the difference is pretty straightforward. With grape coverage, you're only insuring the grapes on the vines for insurable causes of losses. Whereas the grapevine coverage, you're insuring the actual vines themselves. Now, keep in mind that there's a whole host of qualifications of from when you set out the grafted vines to being available to be insured under this program. We can definitely dive into the weeds as far as that stuff goes in further episodes. But for now, let's just do a very high overview of what the program is. Just like other federal crop insurance policies, This program also offers a premium subsidy and based on your coverage level and unit structure, your premium subsidy will vary. So the coverage levels vary from 50% on up to 75%. The covered causes of loss are freeze, hail, flood, fire, failure of irrigation water supply, insects, and plant diseases. Uh, There's no partial damage that will be covered You have to lose the whole vine, not all of your vines, but the entire vine has to be destroyed in order for coverage to kick in. So some coverages that are excluded or that you may have heard of in other federal crop programs, uh, prevented planting and late planting, uh, those do not apply to the grapevine insurance program. In order to get the program set up, you have to fill out your application, any policy changes on there, your grapevine producer pre-acceptance worksheet, your vineyard identification map, the grapevine pre-acceptance inspection report, and your acreage report. And these are all something that your federal crop insurance agent can help you navigate and fill out. 
So now that we have kind of a idea of how the program starts and what we need to get it going, let's look at how it actually works. Uh, one of the first places I like to look at when looking at a new program is the unit structure, uh, mainly because that's going to help me figure out how my losses are going to work in case in the event of a loss. Also, it's going to help me figure out my premium rate because the different unit structures are going to vary the premium subsidy greatly. And so I just want to make sure I have a firm understanding of how that unit structure works. So with grapevines, you have your basic unit structure, optional unit structure, and enterprise unit structure. So now with enterprise units, for those of you that are familiar with the way that the enterprise units work with crops like wheat and barley, and how it works with crops like dry peas in states like Montana, you will have heard of enterprise unit by type, which works with like peas in Montana, whereas regular enterprise unit with wheat and barley in Montana, those are two different programs and how they work. With grapevines, you do not have the option for enterprise unit by type. So if you choose enterprise unit, it's one unit per crop per county. So grapevines period are gonna be in one unit for the entire county that you're in. That's gonna give you your largest premium subsidy because everything's shoved into one unit. So now let's look at what optional units are. So in order to qualify for an optional unit, so you have to have a separation between your blocks of vines by at least one mile. If you have a block of ground separated by a one mile or more, then that would qualify as an optional unit. Now the other unit structure is your basic unit structure. And just like the other policies, if you selected enterprise unit and you didn't qualify for enterprise unit, the policy would default to basic unit. Just like with our other crops, basic unit structure is kind of the quote unquote default unit structure. In other words, if you sign up for enterprise units on your grapevine policy and they determine that you don't qualify for enterprise unit due to the underwriting guidelines, you would default to the basic unit. Now the basic unit, uh, you get a 10% premium discount. So it's not as much of a discount as your enterprise unit because that subsidy is so much higher there, but it is less expensive than optional units. Now, if you have questions on unit structure, it is a little bit different from Grapevine with, than with regular crop insurance, but I encourage you to listen to our other podcast episodes where we discuss those unit structures in greater detail, because that will help you wrap your brain around how these unit structures work with Grapevines as well. So why does unit structure matter other than the uh, premium discounts or sub increased subsidies? Well, the way that grapevine coverage works is during a loss, you have a deductible. Now, your deductible is a unit deductible. So if you have one large unit, you're going to have a larger deductible in the event of a loss than if you had a smaller unit. So the advantage in a loss scenario is just like with optional units and other crops, you're, you could have one unit that completely fails and be able to collect a loss on that and the other unit that's just fine and there was no damage, you're not penalized in the loss scenario because they're not taking any of those dollars away from your loss based on the non-damaged units. So that's the advantage of optional unit structure 
Uh, so you definitely need to look at that uh, cost-benefit analysis. There are two options that you can elect on this policy as well. One is the freeze protection option. The other is the occurrence loss option. The freeze protection option is it allows for a premium discount if your acceptable freeze protection practices are implemented. So freeze is a covered cause of loss, but if you take the freeze protection option, you are saying that you're taking the necessary freeze protection practices um, that's adequate and timely uh, based on industry experts in your region. So you can't take the option and do nothing in regards to protecting from freeze. You have to actually go through with doing the freeze protection practices but as a result of doing that and taking this option, you would receive a discount on your policy. The occurrence loss option, that goes back to where you look at your unit deductible. So when you don't have the occurrence loss option, it takes the unit deductible for your entire operation in that county, and it's gonna use that larger deductible when figuring out what your loss is. So if you only have one area of your farm that's affected, your deductible is farm-wide. So sometimes that deductible can be larger than the insured damage. And so you might not have a loss because you end up with such a large deductible. Well, with the occurrence loss option, it modifies the indemnity calculation by only subtracting the deductible applicable to the destroyed vines versus subtracting the entire unit deductible. So it's a little um, better, especially for bigger units with contiguous ground. Um, you could have one very large unit and you're gonna have a large deductible. So the occurrence loss option is a great value, um, but it does add cost to your insurance because the likelihood of being paid with the occurrence loss option is in theory a little greater. Um, it's not applicable or available if you take catastrophe coverage. Regardless if you take the occurrence loss option or not, during the loss calculation, they're still going to multiply your loss times your share. So if you have a 100% share or 75% share, and then they're going to multiply it by the URF factor. Essentially, all that the URF factor is, is are the number of vines that you reported on the policy the same amount as the number of vines you actually have in the field. There's going to be a penalty when it comes to your loss because they want to have an accurate picture of what's out in the field. In theory, if you set up your policy correctly and do all of the paperwork accurately, you should not have an issue here because you have reported the correct amount of vines that you have in the field. So in order to kind of understand how all this works as it seems a little bit complicated just listening to it, We'll walk through two indemnity examples, uh, one with the occurrence loss option and one without, and that should help you understand it a little better. Let's assume in this example that you have 10,000 vines reported. The first thing they're gonna do is they're gonna figure out if you have a URF factor. So they're gonna take 10,000 vines reported divided by how many vines are in the field. So let's say that there's 10,000 vines in the field. There's no URF factor, so now we can move on to the next step. Well, now we're going to determine the damaged value. So we have 10,000 vines in our unit. 
and we're going to multiply that times our vine reference price, which in this scenario we're going to say is $20 a vine. We're going to multiply that times your share, which is let's say 100%, and then we're going to take that times the percent of damage, so the vines that were destroyed due to an insurable cause of loss. So in this example, let's say that that's 30%. So we've got 10,000 vines times $20 a vine at 100% share times your 30% damage. So that amount, if you carry the math out, is $60,000. Now you're not going to get paid $60,000 because we still have to take into account your unit deductible. So now with your unit deductible, we're going to take your 10,000 vines times your $20, times your share, times one minus your coverage level. So if you're at 75% coverage level, that's gonna be times 25%. So for those of you doing the math in your head, if you had a lower coverage level, like 50%, 65%, et cetera, you would have a larger unit deductible as a result. So if you carry the math out in our example with the 75% coverage level, your unit deductible is $50,000. So you're gonna take your damage value minus your unit deductible, which is $10,000, 60,000 minus 50,000 is 10,000. Your indemnity in this example is going to be $10,000. So now let's take the same exact example, but let's use the occurrence loss option. Again, they're gonna look at to see if there's a URF factor. So you have the 10,000 vines reported. You actually had 10,000 vines in the field, so there's no URF factor. With the occurrence loss option, the amount of the insured damage must be 5% or greater than the entire unit value. So you have to do that calculation first to figure out what the, um, what the OLL 5% factor is. So if you do that math, you're just carrying out the 10,000 vines times your price, times your share, times your coverage level of 75%, times the 5% factor, or you could call it qualifier. So if you carry all of that out, you're gonna end up with $7,500. Well, we know from the previous example when we figured out what the indemnity was without occurrence loss option, that calculation's exact same. So it's $60,000. Well, is $60,000 greater than 7,500? Yes, of course it is. So now we know that because it is greater, we get to use the occurrence loss option. So we're gonna take that damage amount of 60,000 and we're just gonna multiply that times our coverage level. And so our coverage level is 75%. The amount of insured damage is 45,000. Now you're still gonna to have to take into account your share and if there's a URF factor. And if all those are good, you have 100% share, no URF factor, your indemnity is gonna be $45,000 in this example. So you had that unit deductible to contend with um, where it took the whole unit into account. And so that reduced your loss by 50,000 in this example. Whereas if you had the occurrence loss option, you don't use that deductible for the whole unit. You have your other factors that you use and you'll get paid more in that example with the occurrence loss option. Now with the occurrence loss option, that comes with additional premium. And so you have to keep that in mind based on your operation. It may or may not make sense. 
So speaking of claims, uh, a claim for indemnity uh, declaring the amount of the insurance loss must be submitted no later than 60 days after the calendar date for the end of the insurance period or 12 months after the calendar date for the end of the insurance period if the amount of damage cannot be determined within that 60-day period. So there could be a scenario where you notify the carrier that you think you might potentially have a loss and because you have a fire and it's destroyed your vines, you're gonna to wanna to turn that in within 60 days. But if something were to happen to your, your vines, your grape vines, and you're not able to determine what the entire extent of that damage is within that 60 days, um, as long as you've notified the insurance provider of what's going on, uh, they can then have a full 12 months to go out and make that loss determination. So there is, that's a little different than before, but like I tell everybody, if you think you might have a loss, if you notice anything is going on with your crops, let your crop insurance agent know so they can turn in a timely notice of loss. And then you have at least complied with the rules so that if it does turn into a loss, then you're sure you're not gonna get it kicked out for not timely notice of loss. Um, all the indemnities are determined on a unit basis, whether you're in basic, optional, or enterprise. Uh, the percent of damage is the percent of vines that are destroyed. Um, if the percent of damage exceeds 80%, the entire block is considered 100% damaged. Uh, damage from uninsured losses or uninsured causes of loss will not be included in the percent of damage. The damaged vines must be removed and the percent of damage will be based on the actual number of vines removed. So after everything's settled and you go to remove the vines, if you do not remove all of them that were included in that loss calculation, they're not gonna pay you for those. You have to remove those vines in order to collect the entire loss. Like with other crop policies, your premium is due at the end of the insurance period instead of the beginning. So your sales closing is November 1st. That premium billing date, the date they're gonna mail that invoice out is August 15th. You'll have time after August 15th to make that payment. Uh, insurance begins on December 1st. So you have to sign up by November 1st, get all your paperwork in, get everything dialed in, and then start December 1st, your coverage will attach. There's obviously a lot more to this program when looking at the different types of vines and the stages and the classes and all of the prices. Uh, and we'll go into that in later episodes. This initial episode was just to give you a brief overview of the fact that there is a great vine policy out there. You definitely should take a look at it and get quotes from your crop insurance agent because it's the first time this type of policy has ever been out. Uh, it will expand to more counties as time goes on, um, but we do think it's a great program and, and we look forward to working with our different vineyards that we work with on this great program. From my family to yours, thank you very much for listening. I sincerely hope that this presentation has been instrumental in enhancing your understanding of federal crop insurance. If you find value in our podcast, we kindly encourage you to subscribe and spread the word among your friends and neighbors. To access further information, please visit our website at thecropinsurancepodcast.com where you'll find the latest podcast episodes, articles, and exciting new features conveniently located in one place. 
This information is not all-inclusive and is meant to be used only as general guidelines for educational purposes. For additional information, please see Crop Provisions, reference the Crop Insurance Handbook or Loss Adjustment Manual, or contact your crop insurance agent. This institution is an equal opportunity provider and employer. Thank you.